0: Father, we rejoice that we are accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord, that we have access into the fragrance of your grace. Thank you, Lord, that your word comes with clarity, revelation, knowledge gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. Boddings and yokes are destroyed. I ask that the glorious light of the gospel shines in our minds and in our hearts, bringing into reality all of our realities in Christ Jesus. And we rejoice that by the end of this service nobody lives here the same way they came we give you praise glory and honor for answered prayer in jesus precious name and every believer says it powerfully amen. amen lift your right hands to heaven let's release our feet together as so we say these words i am born of god i am born of the world the word of god is my nature i do not struggle to do the world i do the word naturally therefore today i will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in jesus name and every believer says it powerful amen we well, want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of kingdom life network facebook youtube instagram all of our social media community, we want to welcome all of you to the service. Hey guys, it's gonna be exciting. And we want to welcome all of the Aquai Bomb State community to the service. All of you connected by way of Comfort FM, XLFM, Radio Aquari Passion FM, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service. Do me the privilege of inviting a friend, a family member, a loved one. Ask them to tune to this service right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community, let's get the word to the ends of the earth. That's our mission, to reintroduce Jesus to this generation equipping believers. To know who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and what Christ can do through them so let's get the word where they are help me share the video on your page share with as many groups as are on your page join as many groups as possible then put the video on monogram telegram drop them on whatsapp groups let's lighten the dark places of the earth and i want to thank you for that all our campuses around the world we want to welcome everybody brothers and sisters get ready we're going to have a great time in the word of his grace are we excited to be here can we celebrate the word with a shout glory amen you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word today all right matthew 28 from verse 18 to 20 and jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth next verse go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost next verse teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even unto the end of the world amen Jesus in saying all power is given to me is not teaching from the book of Matthew and it's not teaching from acts of the Apostles neither is he teaching from the book of Colossians when he said all power is given to me in heaven and on earth he was teaching from the Old Testament books he wasn't teaching from Matthew (laughs) when we say the word of God the word of God preached by brother Paul the word of god preached in the book of acts is the old testament is the old testament you know matthew was only writing what jesus taught, so he must have been teaching from somewhere matthew just recorded eyewitness account matthew was in the audience jesus was teaching Then Matthew recorded what Jesus taught. So when Jesus now walked in their midst and he said, All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. He was teaching them from the Old Testament books. And um, uh, it's important for me to quickly say this because, um, you know, by virtue of where we are as a church, I can safely say what I want to say now. That, that Old Testament and New Testament of the Bible is not inspired by God it's not inspired by God because in the original there is no Old Testament and there is no New Testament divided it is the privilege of translators who split the book just like chapter and verses are not inspired by God Chapters and verses were the privilege of translators. They added all of that. That's not in the original. In the original, you just have a, a letter. A letter that started from Genesis and just ran to Revelation without chapter verses and punctuations there's no punctuation there's no chapter there's no verse in the original and there's no division of old and new testament now that's important for you to know It's translators who took the privilege of translating and added all of that. Which, of course, in Bible interpretation, that is some sort of interpretation, but that's not accurate interpretation. Because that is what gives people the impression to think that there is a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament, which does not exist anywhere. Right. And so, you will need to grow and mature and be in a word church like this to understand what I just said to you. So that when you read the Bible, you won't have that mindset. You will have the mindset of someone who is learned. So that title, Old Testament and New Testament, was not inspired by God. Because the people who wrote, like I said, didn't write it as Old Testament. Okay? Now, that attempt has really caused a lot of problem because some people think once they start reading the book of Matthew, they're reading the New Testament. But they forget that there is more, there is more New Testament in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament. You didn't hear what I said. There is more New Testament in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament because the New Testament is drawn out
1: from the Old Testament. keep that somewhere it will come in handy in the course of this
0: so jesus taught from the books we refer to as the old testament and that is genesis to malachi and there's nothing in the bible that says that there is a distinction between genesis to malachi and matthew to revelation just an idea that comes up years after the bible was written When John for example wrote John chapter 1 verse 1 And he says in the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God The word there is the word Logos Logos And it's referring to Genesis In Genesis was the word The word beginning is Genesis He calls Genesis the word of God He calls Genesis the word of God. So if Genesis is the word of God, how do you think that the Old Testament is gone? So the concept of the Old Testament and New Testament are derived from studying. It is when you study, you will now know where there is New Testament and where there is Old Testament. You don't use books to divide them. It's in studying you will know that okay this is old testament and in studying you will know that okay this is new testament because there is old testament in new testament and there is new testament in old testament you will also discover that in the new testament there are practices of the old testament and within the books we refer to as old testament we are going to see a lot of new testament as we study The reason for Colossians, Ephesians, Thessalonians, Philippians is because they read from Genesis to Malachi. What we call the word of God is fundamentally the Old Testament. That's what we call the word of God. So every time we hear Jesus say something, what he is saying is from the Old Testament. And I'm going to use that... In this teaching old testament new testament just for the purpose of this teaching but whenever i say old testament and new testament i expect you to know what i'm implied huh? is that clear i expect you to know that. Okay. now when jesus taught he taught from the old testament books which is the word of god so he says all authority in heaven and earth is given to me the word authority is the greek word exousia exousia that deals with responsibility or privilege to act responsibility or privilege to act or a privilege not to act and then he says in heaven and earth that word heaven and earth is another word that has been transformed in the church world over the years <laughs> the word heaven and earth because we often say that heaven is where believers go to when they die and it has no verse in the bible there's no verse in the bible that says when believers die they go to heaven there's no such verse if you find it please bring it to me within the week but do believers go to heaven when they die yes but it's not written in the bible some people say you are blessed in the heavenly places, but you have to convert it to the natural. Huh. That's deep, very deep. You have to convert it from the spiritual to the natural. People say, whoa, revelation. Rema. Remified. <laughs> And then they will not tell you, God wants you to connect. So that by connecting, you can transfer. You know what the connection is? So is it. <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> Preachers can be funny sometimes. When they find an audience that do not do their due diligence. So when you have the word heaven, because we always thought heaven is where you go to when you die. Or somewhere outside the earth. In fact, our view sometimes is so physical. I'm going to go to heaven. I am going to go to heaven. So when you die, angels will carry you and put you in angelic transporting system. Phew! To heaven. So that's like traveling to another planet. That's why we thought that in the Tower of Babel, they were traveling to heaven. They were trying to get to heaven. Wow. Where is the heaven? I'm going above the shadows. Shadows? Beyond the clouds. Behind the clouds. Some of you that were there in those days, you know what I just said above the shadows or heaven is a spiritual place where they will tell you outside the earth that means it's still physical or heaven is where god dwells all right let's stay with heaven is where god dwells for now so when he says all authority in heaven and earth is given to me that means all access in heaven and earth is given to me so the phrase we require now is that phrase heaven and earth he uses heaven and earth together now there's a huge difference when he uses heaven alone and when he uses heaven and earth together they are different but the moment you see it used together as heaven and earth there's a particular concept he is talking about heaven and earth therefore will be genesis 1 1 all authority in heaven and earth is given to me so jesus was preaching from genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth because as the law of first mention, that's the first place we see that. And Jesus speaking about heaven and earth in Matthew was in reference to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So Jesus was teaching Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 making reference to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So let's explore the meaning of that concept in the book of Matthew matthew chapter 6 where he prayed or taught what we often call the lord's prayer matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 10 after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name next verse thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven Thy will be done on earth, heaven and earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven thy will be done on earth as in heaven heaven earth thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven your will on earth as in heaven now look at that statement our father our father remember we said again jesus is teaching from where genesis it means that god is father where In Genesis or in the Old Testament. So the concept of God being father is an Old Testament concept. It means it began from Genesis. God being father. So our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Why did he use the word heaven? Our father which art in heaven. Why the word heaven and earth? If you observe Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The earth, darkness. The earth, darkness. Darkness. The earth. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of darkness. Introducing God's new creation project. Genesis 1-2 is the introduction of God's new creation project. That is God's redemption plan announced in Genesis 1 verse 2. Darkness on the earth and the Spirit of God introducing God's reality. So verse 2 of Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over it, incubating on the earth. Incubating. The darkness there is not the absence of the sun. Because in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God said, Let there be light. So the heaven and the earth of Genesis 1.1 is the spirit of God. The heaven and earth of Genesis 1.1 is the spirit of God verse 3 let there be light or me be light me be light the word yahweh yahweh i will be what i will be i am what i am i will be what i will be yahweh so when he says let there be light what he means is god is light god is light yahweh i will be what i will be because i am what i am so because i am what i am light be god is light god is light now That's why the light there is not the sun, the moon, and the stars. It's not the moon and the sun and the stars. The light there is God himself, which means a new creation in light. A new creation in light. Please remove your religious caps now. Because we're dealing with accurate knowledge now there has been darkness and now there's the new creation in the light so when jesus says our father which art in heaven he is saying the father of god who is a spirit the father of god who is a spirit brother john helps us with that john 4 23 but the hour comet And now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship him. Next verse. God a spirit. The spirit of God moved upon the face of darkness. And God said, I am light. Now, God a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit. And in truth, Theos Numa, God's Spirit. Now, rather than use the word spirit in Matthew, you have the word heaven. Matthew didn't use spirit, Matthew used heaven to mean the same thing that Genesis was talking about. John says God is spirit. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3 you find a new creation. God is beginning a new heaven and a new earth. A new creation. A new people. That's how the Bible opened up. The Bible opened up introducing God's ultimate project. The new man. The Bible opened up introducing God's project. The new creation in the light. Now, so the word waters, waters is understood by theologians to mean people. Waters. The Spirit of God hovered over the people, moved on the face of the waters that the spirit of God was hovering over the people announcing his new creation plan stay with me so the spirit of God in all the earth the word waters means people or nations so in Genesis 1, to which is the light of God in verse 3, is God starting a project, beginning something. Light as the answer to darkness. So when Jesus says, Our Father which art in heaven, He is reading Genesis chapter 1. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the use of heaven by Bible writers the use of the word heaven now look at me everybody please look at me stop writing i hope you realize that english is not heavenly language i hope you realize that greek and hebrew is not heavenly language these are earthly created languages for men to use in communicating with one another So when the writers wrote the Bible, they looked for human language to use to explain the realities. That's why Moses will use spirit, Matthew will use heaven to mean the same thing. So, you must understand, when we start talking about words, word study in the Bible, we are studying human language to explain spiritual realities. Okay, so now, that word, heaven and earth, is often referred to as the clouds, the atmosphere, and its distance. The clouds, the atmosphere, and its distance then the earth where people are they use that phrase heaven in reverence to god because the jews you discover that matthew was the one who used that phrase the most heaven 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 earth kingdom of heaven matthew used it more than anybody else kingdom of heaven rather than kingdom of god matthew Because heaven was used like a reverence point for God. Oh God is highly exalted. God is way beyond man. So to explain way beyond man. God in heaven man on earth. So that was used to show that god's level is not man's level so the language to explain that
1: is heaven and earth where god is and what god does is like
0: heaven compared to earth so heaven is used To describe God's activities on the earth. Heaven is used to describe God's activities in the earth. Or the work of his spirit. It's not
1: planet. That is very, 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 very far.
0: Rather, where heaven and earth are apart. You look up. You see the atmospheric heavens is far. So as far as the heaven is from the earth, that is how far God is from man in his activities and in his personality. So when a man on the earth says, Our Father which art in heaven is reverence to say, I acknowledge that you are in a realm of your own higher than mine which means it shows the distance between man and god and that distance was caused by sin heaven and earth is a communication of distance between god and man and the distance was created
1: by sin separation God has never walked outside the earth since
0: Genesis. (laughs) He has no business elsewhere. (laughs) Where else will he be walking? He will only walk where men are. (laughs) Will he walk in an empty planet? He will walk in an empty planet now. He will walk where men are because his interest is man so since after genesis god has never been found walking elsewhere other than the earth this is god's focus but the work of god in the earth is heavenly he has never been found walking outside the earth but his work in the earth is heavenly euphoronius in the greek so when jesus said our father which art in heaven he is making a distinction in matthew 5 the first time he mentions father remember he is reading from the old testament look at matthew 5 43 to 45 you have heard that it had been said thou shall love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy but i say unto you love your enemies bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that you may be jesus is teaching from where genesis that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust give me verse 48 be therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect this word be therefore perfect there i want you to observe that word very well be therefore perfect jesus is teaching from the old testament so where is jesus teaching be perfect from genesis 17 verse 1 and when abraham was 90 years old and nine the lord appeared to abraham and said unto him i am the almighty god walk before me and be thou perfect be thou perfect quoting from genesis 17 verse 1 even as your father in heaven is perfect now leviticus 11:44, for i am the lord your god you shall therefore sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy for i am holy that word holy there is a the word perfect perfect. The same word, I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves in any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So when he says, the Lord is perfect, the word perfect, there is not maturity. It means holiness. Holiness is complete separation and difference from the rest. Complete separation and difference from the rest. Which means be different As your father which is in heaven is different. Which means that when he called God our father in heaven, was to make a distinction from earthly fathers. Our father in heaven was used to make a distinction between our heavenly father and our earthly fathers. That they are not the same and they are operating different realms. Which means, be different as your father is different, separate. Matthew 5.45, your heavenly father, your heavenly Euphrenius, your heavenly father sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Go to Matthew 7 and we will come back to Matthew 5 shortly. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. If you take that verse out of context, you will assume that what he is saying means ask anything that comes to your mind. It's not even possible. You can't ask God anything that comes to your mind. Can you ask God to make you God? (laughs) You can't ask God. But when you take it out of context, you can make it say anything. Remember, the scriptures have only life within its context. Once you take a verse out of context, it's dead. The life of any Bible verse... Is within his surrounding environment, therefore, it can only be interpreted rightly
1: within the confines of his environment, not outside his environment. Which means, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open. It's not ambiguous,
0: it's only as it relates within that context, so that I don't start asking things that. Even you yourself know you are sounding crazy.
1: God transport me to Mars without any machine. That's the height of illiteracy. Because you are not understanding. God cannot give you
0: anything you ask. So ask, seek, Knock. Should not be taken out of context. Look at that Matthew 7 verse 8. Let's move a little further. For everyone that acts it, receive it. And he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it, it shall be opened. Remember in chapter 6. in chap- When he was talking about ask you shall receive, seek you shall find, knock you shall open. He expected that you have already read chapter 6. Before arriving at chapter 7. You can't just go and read chapter seven uh-uh. it's a contextual material there is a build up in the later reading he expects you to have read chapter one chapter two chapter three chapter four chapter five chapter six and as a progression of the thought chapter seven Ask, you shall receive seek you shall find knock and the door shall be open what does chapter six say seek first the kingdom so what you should be seeking asking and knocking will be the kingdom because in chapter six, it's already said, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what to seek and its righteousness and all these other things shall be added. And in chapter six, it's all, he already told you, do not seek what the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles seek for food. They seek for clothes. They seek for car. They seek for money. Don't seek what they seek for you. Seek the kingdom. So when he now says, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, he's talking about his kingdom will be available to anybody who seeks, knocks, and asks, it will not be denied. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm teaching here, because he is teaching in context. He is teaching in context. Now, Matthew six thirty-three. Then we come back to where we are. Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what to seek, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now. What are you asking for in chapter 7? The same kingdom in chapter 6. Now, then the next thing is Matthew 7, 9 to 11. Or, what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or, if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more that's a word to underline how much more your father won't give you what you give to your children your father will give much more it's not at your level so he won't give what you're giving you're already giving it he doesn't need to duplicate your efforts so the father gives much more and much more is not fish it's not bread it's not eggs your father gives to you on earth who is evil compared to god god can not come to your father's level who is evil to be competing with bread and fish when god now will operate from his superior realm which is heaven while you're on earth he won't give it he will give much more touch your neighbor say there's much more That's what the father gives. If ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So can you see the distinction now? Okay, now, he already told you that when it comes to fish bread, that men know how to give such gifts they know how to give such gifts if you come to my house right now I say the doctor say if i don't eat eggs i will die i will give you 10 crates it's not a prayer point eggs it's not a prayer point in the village chickens drop eggs as they are moving and children pick it it's not a prayer point the reason why you're not seeing eggs every time is because you left the village long ago Go back and visit. You will
1: see eggs. (laughs) You can't be asking God for eggs. (laughs) The
0: chickens in your village will give you. How much more? Oh, glory to God. Somebody shout, I receive much more. That's what your heavenly father gives. What the father gives is the much more. That's why now look at verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you do ye even so to them for this is the law and the prophets even though he mentioned fish and bread he is not referring to asking material things and by the way if he meant asking for bread egg and fish which of you have that need this morning you're looking for bread to eat fish shouldn't be a prayer point if you block anybody at the closing prayer and say, I want egg, holy egg, yes, come. They'll buy and give you to eat. That shouldn't be a prayer point. Egg shouldn't be a prayer point. Even if you knock in neighbor's door and say, I'm so hungry, please, if you just give me one boiled egg, I'll be okay. They'll give you, even if they don't know God. So those are not things to be knocking heaven's door for and asking and seeking and fasting. My father, my father, what are you waiting for? Eggs. What are you waiting for? Eggs. <laughs> so when he was talking eggs, bread, and fish, he wasn't talking literal. He wasn't talking in literal terms. Let me help you a little more. Luke chapter 11, verse number 10. For everyone that acts receiveth. receive it. And he that seeketh findeth, And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Next verse. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father. Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil compared to your father know how to give good gifts unto your children now observe he makes it clear now how much more much more the much more of the father is shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask him what's the much more the holy spirit was the much more the spirit of adoption was the much more the regeneration was the much more the spirit of his son was the much more the spirit that raised christ from the dead that dwells on your inside that's what the heavenly father gives so he makes it clear he explains what he has been saying the holy spirit so he uses heavenly father here gives the holy spirit The giving of the Holy Spirit. Is that the new creation? Yes. Yes. Born of the Spirit. Born of God. Born again. Now back to Matthew 545. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust which is in heaven there's something he's pointing out to. look at verse 43 matthew 5 43 you have heard that it had been said thou shall love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy wow he's referring to the old testament okay now that will be deuteronomy 23 verse 6 and Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. Deuteronomy 23 verse 6 and Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. That is, you will find love in one, you will find hate in the other. <laughs> you will find love in one, you will find hate. Look at Deuteronomy 23 6 so that we have clarity. Thou shalt not seek their peace nor their prosperity all thy days forever. Leviticus 19 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, for I am thy Lord. So in one place he said, do not seek their prosperity, in another place love them. So it's hate and love. Okay. So the question is, you will find love in one and you will find hate in the other, which sounds like a contradiction. You have heard it had been said within the books of the scripture. One says, love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Anyone who is near you. Including a stranger. Neighbor. He said you have heard. And now I see. Hmm. Look at verse 21 of that Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. You have heard. It's been said by them of old time. The word Achaos in the Greek. Achios. A-R-C-H-A-I-O-S. Achaos in the Greek. Referring to before now of old time before now that is referring to the books of the scripture matthew 5 33 he repeats it again again you have heard that it had been said by them of old time thou shalt not forswear thyself but shall perform unto the lord thine oaths referring to what was said before and i can give you exegesis for that very cheaply for free luke 9 18 and 19 prophets of old you have heard it has been said of old which people said it of old the prophets look 9 8 and 19 acts 15 verse 7 and 21 acts 15 verse 7 and 21 old time acts 21 16 acts 21 16 2nd Corinthians five seventeen. all things are passed away 2nd Peter chapter 2 verse 5 the old world, the old world, you have heard it has been said by them of old. Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, and Revelation chapter 20, verse two. Second Peter 2:5, Revelation 2:9, uh, Revelation 20 verse two. So it refers to before now things that were written or said before the four Gospels you have heard it you have read it he says but
1: now I say now I say to you so when he says love those who hate you he
0: didn't say from me he says your heavenly father And he is reading your heavenly father from the Old Testament. You know, he sends the rain and the sun. Which means as they read the Old Testament, they will just see what he has just said. The audience he was talking to easily understood what he had said because they were conversant with the Old Testament. It was easy for him to keep telling them what the old testament said because they were conversant with the old testament the reason why today when we are teaching from the old testament people have issues is because a lot of people are lazy but the audience jesus was talking to were conversant that's why he just kept saying you have read it has been said and they knew where he was making
1: reference so it was clear you know okay now he sends rain. Who
0: sends rain? The Father. So he's reading about God in the Old Testament as the one who sends the rain and the sun. We are using the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi in this series. So is he contradicting the scriptures? You have read it was said. But I say, is he contradicting? That's a critical doctrinal question we want to deal with now for another few minutes is he telling us to choose one and abandon the order of course no those statements require careful investigation see with bible teaching you don't just carry things and be flying around no The Bible is an ancient material that requires a lot of diligence in understanding what he is communicating. It's not just a book you just stand up and carry. That's why God has appointed teachers in the church to teach. So people can come to a place of maturity. And that's why brother Paul would tell Timothy, you must rightly divide it you don't just teach it you've got to bible teaching is rightly dividing somebody asked me dr damina do you have any book on bible interpretation i say, everything i teach is bible interpretation the whole fulcrum of my teaching is bible interpretation every time i come up here what am i doing i'm interpreting the scriptures so if you want bible interpretation material buy everything i have taught because everything i teach here is bible interpretation there's no particular material for it All the material it is. Because we don't have anything we do here other than interpreting the Bible. Because it's in the interpretation
1: of the scriptures that the scriptures come alive. And that's where you are fed. And that's where you grow. So, those statements require careful investigation. Look at that Matthew 5.45
0: again. That you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. On the just and on the unjust. What is he referring to here as the sun? He sendeth sun. What is he talking about sun? Is he talking about sunlight? Or is he talking about rainfall? What is sun? Matthew 13, 43. Let's do some work. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who had ears to hear, let him hear. The word has to do with shining. (laughs) Matthew 17, verse 2. And was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. So sun means to shine. So he's talking about shining. Who shines? He the father shines on the good and on the evil. So the word there has to do with light. Shining. Light. What will light do? Light will be love. Light will bless. Light will pray for. Light will not hate. He makes his son, his light, to love, to bless, including enemies, to pray for, to do good, to both bad and good people. Why? Because he is light. There's no darkness in him. He cannot be otherwise. <laughs> God is light. He cannot be otherwise. He cannot, for
1: any reason, be anything else other than what He is, no matter who you are. Uh. It is light in contrast
0: to darkness. That's what Jesus was teaching them in Matthew chapter 5. Then the next statement he makes he makes his rain the word rain is from another greek word brecho 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 or brecho b-r-e-c-h-o rain luke 16 9-10 and i say unto you make yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when you fail they may receive into everlasting habitations he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much just unjust the word unjust is the word adikos in the Greek a-d-i-k-o-s unjust one who doesn't do what is right then the word evil is the word poneros in the Greek p-o-n-e-r-o-s poneros it means wickedness now, so Matthew chapter five verse eleven, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew five thirty seven and thirty nine. But let your communication be yea yea nay nay. For whatsoever is more than these, comment of evil thirty nine. But I say unto you that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So we have those who do evil. And we have those who do what is not right. So he says, Your heavenly father shines his light and makes his rain to fall. His rain and his light is how he describes him blessing those who cause and those who do evil. He blesses them. He does good to them. So the sun and the rain is they are figurative of how God responds with his goodness, his light to people whether they are good or bad. That is your badness does not influence his attitude towards you. Your evil does not influence God's attitude or God's character. He is good in spite of you. He is good irrespective of you. And there's nothing you can do to make him react. Because he doesn't have it. And a man cannot give what he doesn't have. There's no evil in him so no matter what you do the only thing that keeps coming out of him without even his consent is good so both good and bad
1: people god's response to both characters is good when people pray fall and die they don't even know god
0: to start with they don't even know god Because if they know god they won't pray those prayers so when those people are praying consider that a native doctor is in operation because it's only native doctors who, who say such things it's only native doctors you can't find that in jesus you can't find that in jesus's character he went about doing good even at the point of crucifixion And the height of betrayal, denial, and rejection, the only thing that could come out of him is forgive them. Because that's all he has. That's all he has. There was nothing in him other than forgive them. They don't know what... He excused their evil. There's nothing else in him other than that. He's good all the time. That's his nature. And he doesn't struggle to display it. It flows out of him without even knowing. That's his nature. You know what the series is titled? I forgot. I didn't even tell you the title. (laughs) I'm too much in a hurry. Reflecting the Father. Reflecting the Father. He never struggles to do anything good. He's just good. That's who he is. Oh, glory to God. I say glory to God. Whoa! I tell you I'm enjoying this. Jesus simply describes actions of men contrary to what people have done unto them. Actions of you as God's son must be contrary to what others do to you. So now, what comes to mind when Jesus was talking about, do good to those who despitefully use you. Bless those who
1: curse you. He was preaching from Genesis. He was preaching from Genesis.
0: He was teaching from Genesis so when he will now say bless those that curse you do good to those who despitefully use you where will he be coming from in genesis cain and abel cain rejected god's gift cain rejected the gospel and Cain was to be a fugitive and a vagabond and a wanderer. And Cain said, Oh God, my punishment is greater than I can bear. And God put a mark on Cain and said, If anybody touch Cain, I will discipline you. Look at God protecting a murderer and a rejecter of God. Why? Because God does good to those who despitefully use him, he blesses those who curse him, he responds. Positively to those who don't treat him well. So, because we see how God treated Cain, Jesus now said, "You too, the same way your father handled Cain and Abel's case, you handle people who don't like you." Stand up. Let's close the service. Is that clear? Okay. So we will start from there in the next service, and then we will arrive at the Lord's prayer. In that circumstance, Glory to God. I say glory to God. If your understanding shall glory. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Don't your neighbor say I am just like my father. I have received much more. From my father. And I give the same. To those who love me. Those who hate me and to everyone i do not have dual character i have consistency of character just like my father tell your neighbor it's not my fault i'm just like my father people say you are too good tell them it's not my fault i'm just like my father people say how can you forgive with all this it's not my fault i'm just like my father how can somebody treat you like that and you're still good to him it's not my fault i'm just like my father somebody how can somebody cheat you like this and you're still wishing him well it's not my fault i'm just like my father that's my nature i reflect my father effortlessly amen i've got my father's character I've got my father's eyes, I've got my father's ears, I've got my father's mouth. I'm just like my father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, that revelation knowledge keeps growing big in this house. Light keeps shining in the dark places. Light keeps shining in our hearts and minds, bringing to bear our realities. Thank you, Father. Now I ask that this revelation keeps growing big on our inside until nothing else matters. And we rejoice that this day, all that makes God, God lives on our inside. And we are boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we give you praise. And I declare for everybody under the sound of my voice, victory is yours eternally. In the name of Jesus thank you father for answered prayer in Jesus precious name and every believer says that amen on a note of finality can I have some celebration in this house
1: glory
0: yeah 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 some of you are not celebrating your only will I want some glory glory Turn to two, three people around you and tell them, I'm just like my father. It's not my fault. I'm just like my father. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Say with me, I bless those who curse me. I pray for those who despitefully use me. I am kind to those who are unkind. I am good to those who are not nice at all. It's not my fault. That's my DNA. Amen. (laughs) Glory. Amen. Now I want to take up your offerings, everybody. We give in honor of the word of God. Every time we receive God's word, we respond to the word with our offerings. Let them that favor his righteous cause shout for joy. Let them continually say, the Lord be magnified at his pleasure. In the prosperity of his servants grab your offerings lift them up to heaven father we rejoice as we give in faith we give with joy and we thank you for everyone giving in honor of your word our offerings are a sweet smell and thank you for the blessing upon this house thank you for grace upon this family in jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen enjoy the grace of christ let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service glory
1: amen
0: We trust that you have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Domino. please call plus 234-806-800-9939
1: or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.
2: at this point, I just need to tell you, my name is Michael Bush, I'm the anchor, the production team all joined me to also formally introduce Global Barber, the international televangelist, prolific author, he writes and teaches like no one else does, and see how he's standing there, he's just standing there as if uh, he's not the one. Help me welcome Global Baba,
0: Dr. Abel Damina, the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. Good to see you, Global Baba. So good to see you today. Global Baba. Wow, you look good.
2: So, Global Baba, the fashionista. Global Baba, have you looked at your jackets? Have you looked at your windows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, Global Baba, let's open with prayers as we always do prayers for Aquaibo, prayers for our government and people, prayers for our country. And, of course, we are for for our world.
0: Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege to declare before your word today the things that concerns our peace and concerns the advancement of your kingdom in our time. Thank you for Kwai State. Thank you for the governor, his cabinet, and all of the public servants that continue to serve us every day. We declare that you keep them, preserve them, meet all their needs, and continually help them to fulfill the purpose for which they are in office. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for our nation and other nations of the world. We decree that the word of the Lord continues to prevail and reign. And that the purpose of God continually finds expression. Thank you that the gospel advances. Souls are saved. Disciples are raised. And all over the world. Preachers of the true gospel are rising everywhere. And we rejoice that our prayers are answered right now. In Jesus name we pray.
2: Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. We are set to go. Global Bar, last night we slept in the middle of nowhere because we're doing anonymous um, readings at the end of the program. So we're going to begin from nowhere, anonymously as well. Thank you so much Global Bar, for the direction we received from you in word, and you too Mr. Bush for reading the questions in such a way that Global Bar can answer. I thank God for you too. According to 1 Corinthians 7.14 Global Bar, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Elsewhere, your children unclean, but now are they holy? Elsewhere, your children unclean, but now are they holy? Sir, if the children can be holy because one of the parents believe or believes, is it therefore okay to say that when both parents are unbelieving, they bear unholy children? That's one. Two, if yes, how is it that all children that are born qualified to go to heaven Unless they make a contrary decision from believing the gospel at the age of accountability. Global Barber.
0: Well, again, you must remember the way Brother Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said to them, I could not write unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto babes, because you are carnal. So from chapter 3, right to that 7 where we are reading now, and over that, everything Brother Paul will be communicating will have a lot of figures of speech. So when he said the believing husband sanctifies the unbelieving wife and vice versa, it was not saying that the believing husband makes the unbelieving wife born again. What it simply means is that the believing wife, because she is connected to a believing husband, will enjoy a level of spiritual covering and blessing by virtue of being in relation with someone who knows the Lord and vice versa. And their children are holy, not holy in the sense that they qualify for heaven, only in the sense that they are in an environment where someone who knows the word of God is there to make a difference. Ultimately, a man must believe in Jesus. Ultimately, a child must believe in Jesus. However, babies, there's a difference between babies and children. Babies are, you know, infants who have not yet come to the age of accountability. When they die, they automatically go to heaven because there is justice with compassion. Look at the way Jesus would say it. Suffer the little children to come to me, for of such is the kingdom of God. So children, you know, uh, have not had the ability to make the choice. And because they are not yet there, there's compassion with justice. However, when they get to an age of accountability now, they will have to make the choice. So that's the way it functions with everyone.
2: Okay, so group that anonymous entry. Yeah, very good, very good. That anonymous entry continues now to Matthew 24:44. Therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. What is Jesus talking about here, sir? He was, and how do we become ready?
0: No, he was talking to the Jews that they should be ready. It's a figure of speech. It's a parable. What he was saying is that you people are not even ready. The Son of Man you've been waiting for has come and you don't even know. So he was using that to reveal to them that he is already among them. To be ready simply means you know to know that the the master the savior is among them okay. for us readiness is receiving christ once you receive christ you're born again you're ready you're in heaven already
2: okay so he continues he or she continues please uh the Baba kindly shed some detailed gospel light on romans 8 5 to 8 so i can know where i stand as a christian with respect to those Romans 8, what does he mean by, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What death is he talking about?
0: Well, carnally minded is referring to a man without Christ. Spiritually minded is referring to a man with Christ. He was just dealing with the two natures, the nature of the born again man and the nature of the man that is not born again. So he was explaining both natures. If you come to verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Give me verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, so he's dealing with the two natures: the believer and the unbeliever, and he's using flesh and spirit to explain the two natures.
1: Okay,
2: so he concludes now. He or she concludes. uh, Global Baba, what does he mean in verses seven and eight by enmity against God and not being able to please God? Seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Eight. So then they that are the flesh cannot please god just that's read exactly
0: that. what we've explained okay he's dealing with the nature of the man that is not born again and the man that is born again the man that is born again pleases god he pleases god because he's in christ and christ pleases god all the time the man that is not born again no matter what he does even if he does good things he does not please god because he has rejected what qualifies him to please god and that's the person of jesus
2: Baba, the next anonymous entry is a longish one. It's so, so long. Global Baba comes in pages one, two, three, four, And it's just one question. You know. So i tried try to see what I can do. It opens. It says Global Baba sent you a detailed email. It is like I attached the wrong attachment. So I have copied from my WhatsApp message and pasted my, my pastor's point of argument from Second Samuel 12, 16 to 23, that God killed David's son and afterwards blessed him that God shouldn't be taken for granted, that God can do and undo. But I am left frustrated because I know from what I've learned so far from your doctrine that God is not a killer. Below is what I copied from my pastor supporting that is clearly written in the scriptures, how God loves, and at the same time can kill depending on the situation. Please, sir, brief me on this issue with Bible scriptures. Clearly, painting God as a killer, is that where my past, that, because that's where my pastor is holding on, that is clearly written in the Bible. And the pastor has left a long, long one. and Talks about the fact that, uh, I mean, God kills and supports it with the Bible verses.
0: Well, obviously, your pastor is mentally agitated. Your pastor is suffering from paralegizomai. It means he is not balanced in his thinking. If you read the Bible very clearly, Jesus said, I am. I am the only way to God. Meaning, I am the only revelation of God. If God kills, Jesus will have killed. Jesus never killed. God cannot kill. He that has seen me has seen the Father. What I see my Father do, that I do. First John 1 John 1.5 God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God cannot be light and darkness, good and bad. That will make God a bipolar God. God is not bipolar. He's not suffering from a disease. So what happened to that child? What happened to that child was the inactivity of God. God removed his hand from that sin. And because God was not involved, the outcome of that sin was death. The wages of sin is death. So that child dying cannot be God punishing. God loves man so much. And because he loves you, he has made provisions. Instead of you dying, he died for you. God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, you know, uh, you may not be able to convince your pastor because your pastor may be seeing you like a member of his church. Therefore, you can't convince him. So the best thing to do is to pray for him. You know, try not to join issues with him because where he is right now in his mind, he has a mindset. It will take him humbling himself and allowing somebody to correct that thinking pattern. Otherwise, will keep maintaining that position so the best you can do is pray for him but you yourself must know that god does not kill and make alive god is only life god only gives life john chapter 1 verse 145 it says in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness god is light and life he's not death and disaster
2: okay so global Baba, the his pastor I would just like us to dwell on that a little because the producer and I had a long argument about this. So I'd like us to also put out what the pastor said. The pastor continues, is also the common mistake that some Christians make about God. They only see one side of God and refuse to see other sides. For example, God is the God of love, but he's also the God of justice. In the time of Noah, who sent the flood to destroy the earth? Was it certain? No. Read the account in Genesis 6, 5 to 8 as follows. Five, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the laws Mr. Bush, that he had made let man me say this:
0: stress. That man has a mindset that even if you spend 10 years teaching, he will never come to terms. God cannot have two sides. The moment you say God has two sides, what you mean is that God is the one responsible for death. That means God is the creator of sin. That means God created sin and used sin to trap man. Then when man entered, God killed him. That makes God a wicked God. That can be my father. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So now, the justice of God. We are not denying the justice of God. God is a God of justice. God is just in all his ways. It is because he is a just God that he does not overlook sin. It is because he is a just God that he punishes sin. It is because it is a just God that the wages of sin is death. So how does God in his justice punish sin? How does God in his justice not let sin go unpunished? In his justice, seeing that no man has what it takes to pay for sin. He became a man. And when he became a man, he took the sin of man on himself. And he died the death that man should die. And in dying the death expresses love to man. Now hold on. So in the expression of his love, when you believe in that love, sin and its consequences are terminated in your life. That is the gospel. Mr. Bush, I know where the man is coming from. I know the school of thought. Mm. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the discourse will be endless. That's why the email is four, cha- mm. four chapters. <laughs> the, the man is coming from a mindset that believes that God sets the trap. Mm. You fall in the trap. He punishes you. It's a very ungodly mindset. But how
2: can a pastor think like oh, that? Oh,
0: he's not the only one. There are many of them. It's a whole school of thought. It's a whole school of thought. They believe that God is behind evil. They believe that God uses evil to punish his children. They believe all sorts. You know, and all of that they call it the justice of God. But look at the justice of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's the justice of God. Global Barber. The Intercontinental.
2: Okay, two more anonymous takes. Then we uh, find our way to some far-flung continent of the world. And that will be Australia or Oceania. I will be going there in a moment. This anonymous entry. Hello, Global Barber. I need your counsel on how to go about a disciple that is addicted to porn. He has been on it for more than seven years, sir. Whenever he tries to stop it, he always finds himself in it again. He has made so many promises to himself to stop, but he couldn't. He even fasted because of this addiction, but all to our
0: what should I help him do? Well, if you have somebody, a disciple who is addicted to porn, put less emphasis on the porn. Don't make the porn an issue. Make him hearing the word an issue. If he keeps hearing the word, after a while, the word will change his appetite. When his appetite is changed, the desire for porn will die. On his own, he will walk out of it. But if you make the porn an issue, you will torment him and torment him. And he doesn't have what it takes to be free from it. So look at this. We all with open faith, beholding the glory of God as in a mirror, we are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit. So the Spirit of God does the work when the man focuses on Christ. Ultimately, it is Christ that brings the change.
2: Okay. Our last anonymous entry on this edition of the program. Hello, Global Baba. May you please explain to me in details the council of God according to Psalms 81:1. Is this more like the board of directors? <laughs>
0: No, that's thinking like a natural man. The council of God simply means the entire plan, purpose, the the, the the program of God. And the counsel of God is salvation. Okay. That's the whole council of God. God's whole plan. It's a council. Yes, that counsel, counsel is God's counsel. Oh. 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 Blah, 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 blah. <laughs>
2: So that council is yes. God's council. The
0: council of God. Oh, my. That is what, what is God's intended plan. plan. What is God cooking to carry out? The only thing God is, has been cooking from the beginning of time is to save man.
2: Okay. Yo, Baba, you know, just about um, five seconds, 10, 15 marks, seconds back in time, you answered a question that I think that same answer would hold for this man all the way in Australia, Australia, that's almost like the end of the world. Yeah. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Dr. Damina, my name is Janice Garrido, I am from the island of Guam, located in the Mariana Islands in the Pacific. For students of geography, Guam is the largest island in Micronesia. Okay, so I've been following your teachings and Sunday services for some time now, sir. I would really like to purchase your teachings and DVDs and reading materials, if possible. I also want to be mentored by you to be equipped, and so I can in turn equip the next generation. Please let me know how I can order, pay, and receive your teachings. Thank you. Also, I need counseling on how to handle a situation. I learned recently that my granddaughter has chosen lesbianism. At first, I was very disappointed with her and started reminding her of how it was an abomination in the eyes of God and that she should have known better than to give in to this evil. She subsequently distanced herself from me. She's my eldest granddaughter, Dr. Damina. I love my granddaughter and I miss her. How can I love her and not offend God at the same time? How do I love and welcome her to my home and back into my life without offending God? How can I preach and remind her of her sinful ways? Please help me to approach her and love her the way Jesus would. Maybe I could call to reconcile, being that it's a new year and a new begins. Janice Garrido in the island of Guam. Wow.
0: Well, Janice, well, what you do is, first of all, our office reach out to you on materials, how to get them and all of that, and they will be shipped to wherever you are in Australia. Now, secondly, what do you do with your daughter? Uh, the first thing to do is to call her and, re- and reconcile, apologize to her. You know, it's, it's true that as a parent... It's heartbreaking for you to see your daughter getting involved with another woman you know, and uh, all of that. But remember that lesbianism is not more than lies and stealing. Sin is sin. What she has done is not uh, the unpardonable sin. It's still one of the sins that human beings get involved with. So look at it like that and pull her back in. Love her. Don't talk about the lesbianism. Just love on her. You know, Show her as much love as possible. Tell her how much God loves her. Tell her how much God accepts her. Tell her what Jesus has done for her. Tell her what Jesus is to her. Who Jesus is to her. Tell her that even no matter what she has done, she is loved and accepted. Preach the gospel of salvation. Get her born again. And then just open her up to the teaching of God's word. What is happening to your daughter is she's suffering from identity crisis. She doesn't know who she is. So as you reveal Christ to her and as she begins to see Christ and his love, suddenly she will realize who she is. And she will rise up like the prodigal son and say to herself, I'm bigger than this. And walk away from it. That's what you should do. Love on her, call her, remember, is the love of God that leads us to repentance. So when you demonstrate that love on her, it will make it easy for her to embrace God's love and to embrace the gospel.
2: Fantastic. Yo, Baba. Right now, back in the live church here, back in the live audience, Mr. Kevin First us M.B.A. sent in a question. Global Baba, I want to know the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. You said there was no Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, but there was Spirit of God. What was the work of the Spirit of God, if not the same as the Holy Ghost? Please, can you express it? All
0: right, yeah, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. So this is what it was. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was not giving. Is that word? The Spirit was not yet giving. Because that Jesus... Was not yet glorified. That means the Holy Ghost was not living inside anybody. But the spirit of God was moving all over. You know? But he was not living inside people. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when Jesus rose from the dead. The spirit was now shed forth and given. It was at that point that men could begin to function. You know, with the spirit of God on their inside. So that's when nobody was born again. Until Jesus rose from the dead. Because born again is a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in. But the Spirit was, you know, it was hovering. It was all over the place, walking through times, walking through figures, symbols to reveal the plan of God until the resurrection. The moment Jesus rose from the dead, bam, men can get born again. By being born again, the Spirit comes in. And when the Spirit comes in from Pentecost, people began to speak in tongues. So okay. That's the
2: Kevin Pestos, MBA, that one for you. Dr. Morphear, you are next. He writes, Dear Global Baba, kindly throw more light on the scriptures. 1 John 3, 9. This question is because as believers, sometimes we may fall into sin, which
0: of course we have forgiveness for. Whosoever is born of God, doth not commit sin. For his sperma, his seed, abideth or remained in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. What it means is you have a nature that does not have sin as a lifestyle. It doesn't mean you may not make mistakes, but those mistakes are not your natural habitation. It's like a sheep that falls into mud and a pig that falls into mud. A pig in mud is at home. A sheep in mud is not at home. The sheep will start crying till you bring it out. So when a person born of God sins, you can not be comfortable in sin. You can't have pleasure in it, because the nature you carry, sin is not your environment. That's, it. That's what John was talking about.
2: Okay, the last live audience question. Lobaba, in relation to the question you asked in the first service, if anybody has been saved without receiving the Holy Spirit, kindly please explain what happened in Acts chapter nine, verse two. Were those believers not saved before Paul laid. His hands on them. It's a live question from the live audience. And this is going to be the last one I would take on this edition of the program. Can I explain what happened in Acts chapter 9 verse 2? Were those believers not saved before Paul laid his hands on them?
0: Uh, those believers were saved because Pentecost had happened. Remember, Paul and Jesus never met. That's why Paul said, I was of one, born out of due season. By this time, people were born again. By this time, they had the Holy Ghost. But Paul was persecuting them, just like Boko Haram in northern Nigeria, killing pastors, burning churches, and destroying churches. It's persecution for the gospel. It's not because you're not saved. It is the way the gospel operates. The gospel attracts persecution. Persecution is one of the things that the gospel attracts. And when persecution happens, when you have Christ and you know who Christ is, you have the ability to withstand persecution.
2: A first caller on this edition of the program. Hello, many thanks for joining us. You know where you calling from? Good afternoon,
3: Global
0: Afternoon, bless you.
3: I'm Intercontinental Sir Michael Bush.
2: Many thanks from Oshun State. That's your friend. Mm.
3: This is Reverend Sam
2: From Oshun State.
3: Thank God for your life and for the program. Thank you. Papa, before my question, I want to say this in a lighter mood. Witnessing for service, me as a pastor and my family, we always get late to church. In a lighter mood. Why do you go late? <laughs> because we like. Eating and eating and eating and eating the word from you. And now we get the truth. We shall lose with the power of God. That's right. God bless God. Bless, and
1: you. bless you, man of God. Whenever
3: yes. I teach now, my children and my family will be there. You are downloading Dr. Eben That's right. I will say, don't worry, don't worry. You're yeah, all
1: That's right. That's Amen. right.
3: Amen. Amen. Now, my question, sir, chapter 23, verse I just want you to please help us through more light.
0: Numbers 23,
3: God bless you, sir.
0: Numbers 23, 23. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel what God hath wrought. Next verse Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lion. Okay. You know in the time of Jacob when all of those Jacob, J- Jacob, Esau, Abraham, there was a lot of idol worship and there was a lot of enchantment and witchcraft. But because the children of Israel had a special covenant with God, because of that covenant, that covenant prevented a lot of evil things against Israel to prosper because of that covenant. So it is in the strength of that covenant that Moses was talking about the fact that no enchantment against Jacob. Remember, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, meaning a prince with God. So the position these people had with God gave them that opportunity to function in a specific level of authority by virtue of the assignment of God on their life. So that's what he was talking about in Numbers.
2: Okay, so Global Baba, let's run back to the continent of Australia and Australia and try to fly straight to the UK. That is the continent of Europe. Dear Honorable General. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a new one again. That's another one for you. Honorable General. They
0: keep bringing new ones. Oh no, (laughs) Global
2: Baba. Global Baba, I discovered you a few months ago. I love the way you do exegesis on the scriptures. Please stand with us in prayer for a fruit of the womb. I desire your mentorship program also. Furthermore, please expatiate on this subject. Are there only nine spiritual gifts in the Bible? What about Ephesians 4, 8 to 12? Romans 12, 6 to 8? 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 12? Thank you and God bless you more. David Mundy in the UK.
0: Well, David Mundy, those gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, where Brother Paul listed them all out, he was showing you how those offices function with the gifts. Because within those nine gifts are all the offices. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, they operate with those nine gifts. So yes, there are those nine gifts, but there are other gifts. Like giving is a gift of the spirit. Like ruling is part of it. In the book of Romans, he talked about other gifts that can be found in the church for the edifying of the saints. Okay, so we we make progress. I'm supposed to pray for the fruit of the womb. womb, Okay. Okay. oh father we, we pray for this family right now we stand in faith for the fruit of the womb amen. and we declare that you receive that miracle amen in jesus name
2: amen amen Mr. scholar i apologize for keeping you longer than necessary on the line but your time starts now hello
4: uh, hello uh, good afternoon papa afternoon uh, good afternoon mr bush good afternoon um lord do more calling from power city okobo okay you know the the first service was so important when you talked about jesus that is not just a name; it's an authority. Yes. And also, after that was, I just had to go do a little scan of my Bible. Okay. The only place I see um, the apostles us used the name of Job was when Peter told the man, "In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk." Yes. So directly using the name. Other place was used referring to the teaching or the preaching, referring to the name of Jesus in his teaching or in the teaching of the third period resurrection. Yes. Now in prayer, I want to know, sir. How should it be used? Is it right to be every time you will pray use the name in the name of Jesus? Or can we just declare without using the name that we know that we are speaking in that authority and it will still come to pass? Thank you very much, sir.
0: Well, again, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Yes, so when you pray, having known the authority and that office, I mean, you're free to use in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Sometimes you may not use it, the important thing is that you communicated and you have undeniable access to the Father.
2: Okay. Global Baba, we, we need to go. We just have a little under four minutes, but let's see what happens. So from the continent of Europe, uh, we're, going straight, we're coming straight to Africa, South Africa. Here we come, dear Global Baba. My name is Michael Shabalala from South Africa. Thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ for revealing God through revelation knowledge using a, a just man like you. My question is about the prophetic gift. Please, can you clarify some more? Because it's very controversial in the sense that many of them received the gifts before they are even born of God. Most of them know nothing about God. Some even starting ministry based on the gift they have, they have, but no knowledge of the Bible. What kind of gift is that, Lobo Baba? Who are they working for? Thank you so much, Lobo Baba and Mr. Bush.
0: Well, there's a gift of, uh, of, of the spirit and there's also the gift of divination and sorcery. And sometimes the operation of sorcery and divination may look like the gifts of the spirit. Because there's a woman in Acts chapter 16 who was following brother Paul and saying, these men are the men of the the most High who show us the way of salvation. The prophecy was accurate. But the Bible says, after two days, brother Paul turned and said, you unclean spirit out of her. And the spirit left her and she could no more prophesy. So, you know, there's that spirit of, of, of divination. Global Baba, We need to go, but we
2: still can um, take this one. Um, Global Baba, my name is Emmanuel Lazarus. Doesn't tell us where he's writing from. Since my questions are, I've heard many preachers say that rapture is is expected to happen three years from now, or not more than ten years from now. So, sir, how is this true in the light of the gospel? And and two, what happens to the people on earth after the rapture?
0: Leave those people alone. Leave them alone. Those are all these uh, theories, you know somebody that's how somebody came out last year and said jesus is coming december last december the 9th." and the people that he told did a video and i called the people and said on the 10th of december we will have this discourse mm. so when i called them on the 10th of december they laughed they said the man said that no that he miscalculated the calendar mm. that it will be february mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of those people are just doing uh trial and error I'm telling you, nobody has an accurate date right now. But when the time comes, we will know the time. We will know the time. We will have an understanding of the season and the time. It will not take us by surprise. But to start calculating calendar dates. Is out of scriptural teaching. We need to go. We need to go, Global Barber.
2: Yeah. Well, so we're spending the night in South Africa. Yes.
0: We need to go tomorrow
2: is another day. So on behalf of my production team and everyone, this is Michael Bush, your anchor, inviting Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina to take us home. Global inter, inter.
0: Inter. Now listen to me, everybody. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. You don't want to miss our broadcast right now on XLFM 1 to 3 and 3 to 5 on You Know your FM. And this evening, 8 to um, 9 to 10 on inspiration and of course 10 to 12 on uh, heritage 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 fm FM. tomorrow morning 11 to 1 on radio Bomb. 1 to 3 on xl tomorrow evening 6 to 8 we're back here live on comfort fm we love you guys and always a joy to serve you the grace of god and looking forward to seeing all of you tomorrow and until we see you tomorrow enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed goodbye from uyo
2: nigeria